right, guys. Welcome back to Book Talk Made Me, the podcast where we talk about all your favorite books from Book Talk, Bookstagram. And today we're talking about a very, very, very special book. A very special book that comes out in a few days for us. Actually, when you listen to this episode, it would have hit your Kindles. It's already out. Like You're probably going to be like, why am I listening to this? I got fresh content in front of me I got to get at. Because we are talking about the first chapter that was released of the new upcoming book from Crescent City. House of Flame and Shadow hits our Kindles, our bookstores, wherever you get them on the 30th of January. But Sarah being Sarah and knowing her rabid fans that we are, released the prologue and the first chapter. So we're going to get into some thoughts and feelings on there already. Just to share. Just to share. Because we know there's a lot There's a lot more that we're going to get into, obviously. And I just – I would like to make a clarifying note. Uh, Go ahead. Sorry, everyone. I'm slightly under the weather. We had mentioned that we were going to do a mini recap of Throwing a Glass, but once we started recording the episode, like we just weren't vibing. It was too much. It just it wasn't going well. So we nixed it. We did eighty four it. I don't know what the restaurant did. I think eighty six it. What the restaurant term is. Yes. Uh, but we are still going to be covering Throwing a Glass later this year, like giving each book the full recap. But we we're just we couldn't fit. It just. The it was very ambitious. It wasn't going well. Right. It was very ambitious in the note taking. And I was like, oh, I'll just pull out the things that are relevant. And I think having read the recaps and pulled out the things that we thought potentially could be relevant, and then we're like, well, everything could be relevant. This is actually a lot harder than I thought. And then hearing it out loud, it wasn't cohesive. And we're like, I don't, this is, I don't like this. Abort mission. Why did we think we could cram seven books into one episode when we can barely do one book? In one episode. Because we're crazy people. I know. The Delulu was very strong with us for that one. It was. It definitely was. Very, very strong. But of course, you got me, you got Caitlin, you got Hilda, and you got Bridget. Gang's all here. Should we say hi? Hi. Hello. Hello. All right. So at this point, we have all read the prologue and the chapter, one that was released. And we're just going to go in... Quickly, I think, with some thoughts and feels, this is going to be a quick reaction, not not a super long deep dive because we only have a prologue and a chapter. Wait, hold on. Before we get started, here is your official spoiler warning. We will be discussing the prologue and chapter one from Crescent City 3 that was just released last week. We'll also be discussing um, points from Crescent City 1 and Crescent City 2 and maybe even some items from the Akatar series. You have been warned. All right, go. All right. So the prologue opens up where we are with Lydia, the hind, and they are kneeling before the Asteri. Now, all the Asteri are there, and you have Lydia, you have Pollux. Pollux. I I don't know why I was getting him confused with um, Baxian. Thank you. They're two completely different people. One's a good guy, one's a shitty asshole of a guy. And for some reason, I'm conflating the two it's also the like the, and the names yeah <laughs> the hammers and the hind and all that my brain just goes Bloop. the hound yes the, the hound, hound so many h's i remember we were recording this we're like how many other animals start with an h the harpy's dead the, the hound is dead. being tortured the hammer is being a dick and the hind is trying to navigate it all so we're in the hind's internal dialogue which is lydia and she is conflicted to say the least. Obviously, we know she's a rebel sympathizer. She's been working deep undercover with them, and she has to maintain her cool facade, her cruel facade, cruel, cool facade as the 
head of their their group. So they're in front of the Asteri, they're kneeling, and she's even talking about like how she's willing her heart to rate to stay very calm and even because she knows the Fae will hear her if she starts to get angry or pissed or elevated. And so it's just a very interesting note to see her try to calm and navigate her a little bit more now that we're seeing this. And also like Pollux is an asshole and he's like dripping his wing over her like and very protective like she's mine and it's a lot not of that protective and territorial territorial possessive yes. not there, there we possessive. go that's the other p where i'm like it's not, not protective <laughs> it's something else it's more negative um and before them is cormac's father and rune danon's father now remember cormac had passed away he's part of the avalon fae and he emolliated himself so he blew himself up in like a, a big fiery bang bang to take out <laughs> yes uh, to take them out. And then, of course, Rundanen, we know, was found out to be a traitor to the Asteri and was pulled off to be tortured. So we have the Autumn King and then we have Cormac's father of the Avalon Fae. And both men are disowning their sons pretty quickly. You have Cormac's father saying, I will have his name expunged from our records. He won't get a burial. And I forgot which Asteri said it, but one of them was like, well, yeah, he's not going to get a burial because he there's nothing left of him. So, like, nice try. <laughs> like, that doesn't quite hold the weight you think it does. Cormac's father is having his name expunged from the family records. He will not have a burial. All of these kind of, it seems like empty prom not empty promises, but like empty things that he's promising to do to appease the Asteri. <laughs> I don't, well, I don't think his behavior was empty i think he's also trying to like save his own ass oh 100 because the asteri i think have been known to kill the family members of people they're ruthless so he's definitely trying to save his own ass and the autumn king does something similar but i don't quite buy it from him the way that i got it from cormac's father cormac's father seemed to be overly flowery with it like he's promising all of these things he's going to do and I felt like he was just trying to appease them any way possible to get right. his butt saved. But I think the Autumn King was more like a eh, Rune's dead to me. Like whatever. Yeah, he was the kind of like dead to me playing and playing the field. I felt like mm-hmm. like because he spent more time with the Stary, in my opinion. So he knows how to navigate. And even the Hind had mentioned like only the Autumn King would be able to say something like blah 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 to. Come off as arrogant. He has this sort of swagger about him. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the, I think the Asterian, and again, we get to Hilda's point, we get more interaction with the others. We only really knew of one. We learned your other names here. And one of them says, Room Dannon is not in this world. He's left this world. Or Bryce has left no, this Bryce. world. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of see in his mannerisms, or we're reading in his mannerisms, the Autumn King kind of perks up and he's like, well, what, what do you mean that she's not in this world anymore? And which was a brave question to ask them. And they were basically like, don't worry about it. But this information is super secret. And if you tell anyone, I'll kill all of you and your family and everyone you love. And they're like, got it. But I feel like that was the Autumn King knows. And we've said for years, the Autumn King knows a lot more than he's letting on than what we know. And I felt this, my spidey senses were tingling when he's like, she did it. She moved worlds like he's been always trying to get them to learn to do more. Or specifically Rune, I believe. So after that interaction is over, Pollux and the Hind 
have to go down. Pollux and Lydia. Sorry, I don't, I don't want to be confusing anyone. Pollux and Lydia go down to the dungeons because they have to do more interrogation slash torture sessions with our three gentlemen that were captured. So a reminder, that is Hunt, that is Baxian, and that is Rundanen. And so the entire time that she is going down there, she's trying to reach him through the mind bridge. And he has cut her off. Since he found out who she was officially, he has cut her off. And she's having, you know, uh, feelings, of course, when you're a super secret spy and you kind of catch feels for, like, the other super secret spy you're working with on the other side. And so, you know, that's going to be tough for her to continue to be the lead person to torture this man that we pretty much know she loves, I'm going to guess. I feel yeah. so bad for her. I did, too. Now, you when you get down there and the way it's described, these boys are in rough shape like there's blood on the floor everywhere Baxian is just hanging there limply like completely passed out concussed probably from the last beating and also I'm very worried for Baxian like I don't want him to go I don't think he's gonna make it you don't think so I feel like he's gonna be the first I feel like he's gonna go because I mean his mate is dead so what's the point in keeping him around and that way he dies so none of our favorite people have to die it's very logical. I just, I mean, I'd rather him go versus the other two. I just don't want anyone to go. I want my cakes and eat it too, you know? Yeah, he's dead. Sorry. <sighs> I know. He's not. That was a prediction, by the way, not a spoiler. That was right. A we don't, I don't know. We only know what's happening in this book, these two chapters, I should say. Um, and prologue chapter. We, <laughs> yeah, the prologue, we're not even in the chapter. Just so you know, we did not get chapter two. No, we have the we same have information arc. you have gotten. Although, you know what? I was at Target yesterday and like I keep seeing people are like, oh, how could this be out? How is this book out? And like I'm seeing random posts of like people finding it out live in the world and like buying it. And I was snooping around Target. I'm like, did some unsuspecting person be like, oh, let me put these books out early? Nope. I saw someone found it at Walmart and they went to go check out and they got stopped. Did like, they? They were like, oh, just kidding. You can't buy this. And then she went to another Walmart and – the same thing happened. I was like, Ooh. And why is that out? If that's people? out two days early. You're going to tell know. everybody that comes in, sorry, you can't have it. Just take it off the shelf. Oh, so the you shelf. just want me to go sit here and go sit by the lawn chairs and read it? Yeah, I would sit I my ass on the floor and just read it. Like, cool. This I'll be here for our Walmart. Great. I'll be right here. <laughs> right. Wally World. Welcome. <laughs> it's a read sit-in. Yeah. What are you going to do? Kick me out of Walmart? No. So it, basically that chapter, that end of that prologue ends with them getting gearing up for another torture session, Lydia feeling all kinds of conflicted and trying to reach Rune and he's not having it. He's completely shut down. <sighs> so we're worried for our trio. We're worried. I just feel bad for every single one of them. I know. I think that's why I had a hard time reading the prologue because I was like, I don't want to go through this pain right now. Because I started it about five different times today. Did you? And my attention span was like Dory. Like, oh, let me open this book. First word. Oh, I wonder what I could find on Amazon. Oh, I wonder what's on Facebook. I went to Facebook crying out loud. That's how bad it was. <laughs> you know what I think it was too? It was like, I, I know Hilda read this right away. Hilda read this like the Tuesday it was released. She was like, I read it. I did it. I'm so impatient. I was like, what are you guys waiting for? I was like, oh, there's chapters? What? I don't know. I know. And I usually – because I'm like, I don't want to get into a vibe and then can't keep continuing on. So I was hesitant. But 
I tell you, I fell right back in very quickly. Yeah. Um, it just sucks you in like Bryce got sucked in to, the, to this another world. To Prithian. Yeah. Um, so I will say this. They're, they're getting tortured. Rune, Hunt, Baxian. They're getting tortured. But they haven't revealed that it was Lydia who killed the harpy. Of course. So as much as Rune hates her, eh. it describes here how he's looking at her with loathing and hate. And of course, he's ignoring her via the mind bridge. Um, they still haven't said anything. Because probably that's his way of protecting her. So. They even made a comment like, even though he hates her, he can't betray her because she's still working with the rebels and she's high up there. Like, to be petty and throw her under the bridge for that is going to fuck over the entire cause. Right. Tough that spot could be, to be his in. excuse. Well, we also know he like loves her. He totally does. Well, I don't oh. know why he's being. Why is Brundan and Crown Prince of the Valbar and Fae being such a dipshit? Yeah, being such a dipshit about this because his male ego was bruised. Is it his male ego bruised? Ah, Sam, the hopeless romantic, who's saying, "I think he's trying to protect her." And he's like, "In order to protect you, I have to protect me," which is like, "I got to shut this down. You got to play your part. I got to play my part." That is a good point. That's what I think. He's I like doing. I like that reading. See, I think he's hurt and he's still like processing, but he doesn't want to hurt her anymore by revealing who she is right. and also her everybody else. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll find out if there's a rune POV. We'll find oh. out soon. Gosh, I can't wait. All right. So let's dive into chapter one. Chapter one officially kicks off with Bryce. Now, let me just say in the beginning, I love that we are back with the group we last left off with. Like we are, we're back into it. There's no Sophie and another side quest plot we're learning about, which I know Bridget hates. <laughs> we start a book and you're like, who are these people? Bring me back and to apparently everyone else is because everyone's doing a reread right now and they're like, who? Who's Sophie? Like everyone right. forgot about Sophie and the brother and that entire plot line. I know. I think it's going to be more – has to be more impactful than just like a tertiary plot in the to get this gang together on their quest. All right, anyway, so we are back. Um, we believe that they are in Hewn City, the way that it's described in the dungeons and the dark and the carvings. And we have Bryce in a cell with Amarin, Reese, and Az sort of outside the cell questioning her. Now, remember, only Amran and Reese can speak the old language as is speaking whatever language they speak in Prithian. I guess presumably it's just Prithian to them. But to us, we don't know what it is. Prithianese. <laughs> Prithianese, I know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so only Amran and Reese can understand Bryce. And, of course, they're speaking this language, which to them is 15,000 years old. And Bryce is like, well, I mean – Clearly, this is showing some kind of connection because I speak this. You guys speak this. Are we not making the connections here? Um, so to get around that, they give her a little pill. Like at the and end. She can, <laughs> at the end. She, like, you don't want to start with now, this? And she can now speak the language. So we get a couple of revelations. Bring us home, Hilda. We need to spill it. Bridget had the same one. The Asteri and the Doglin are the same. Daglin, Doglin, whatever. They're the same. Amran came to that conclusion. Bryce showed them via Reese's mind to speak. 
Daimati powers, whatever we're officially calling it now, what like the brimstone missiles and what the Asteri are capable of doing. Oh no, he went and got the orb and brought her the orb. Yes, and oh, then going to go into her mind. Right. Yeah, he's like, I and don't go where I'm not no. invited. Right, and she declined the request politely, which so was she- more polite than I thought he was going to be. Like he's clearly playing good cop here. They're being very polite. Asriel's being such a well, he's jerk a bad face. Cop. I and I was loving it. He's not loving it. Right. It was kind so of annoying. Reese was like, you know, you can just let me into your mind and I can see all this. And she's like, mm, I know this trick. I know how this goes. And um, which I think took Reese a little bit back. He's like, oh, you're used to this kind of mind speak? Obviously from her brother. And she says, no, thanks, sir. I will not tell you that. So then he goes to get the orb. You're right, Bridget. Um, where she then kind of puts her memories into it. I was just reading Harry Potter with a girl, so it was like a remember ball is what I keep wanting to call it. But that's not what it was. The remembered. Yeah. Um, I, can't, I can't remember what I've forgotten. <laughs> yeah, it's this poor Neville. Right. So the she imports um her memories into the Veritas orb and then kind of rolls it across to Reese where the three of them look at it and of course what she's showing them to your point Hilda is the brimstone missiles it's guns it's the all the crazy omega things yeah right the series power blasting apart the world himself and they're a little shocked I'd say Reese is like they want to bring all that here and she's like yeah yeah she does and so, because they kind of end up making the connection then between Thea, Peleus, um, and how they defeated somebody like 15,000 years ago. And then Bryce is basically like, yeah, that happened 15,000 years ago. Like, do you do you get it now? She was explaining to Airman something like that. Yes, it's interesting to me that the way Bryce is trying to describe them is intergalactic parasites. Like. That's it's actually fairly accurate. It's very – I wonder if in Prithian they understand what intergalactic means. Right. I don't think so. Right. and they're, Yes. And the biggest contention here is just kind of the timing. Like they arrived in my world 15,000 years ago. I speak a language that you haven't been spoken in 15,000 years. Like there is a connection here, people. And they're coming here next because clearly they have unfinished business. Um. And the way she kind of tried to describe it, she was trying to describe it in the Northern Rift. Like, it used to open to hell, but now it opens – now I got here, and I don't know how I got here. And they're really not understanding – no one, Reese, Bryce, they're not understanding how she arrived here yeah. of all places. So they keep – Aaron keeps asking her questions, and she's like, well, how do you speak the old language? And how are you in possession of, of Gwydion? And she's like, the Star Sword, it's a family heirloom. Wait, my- ancestors brought it to this world around 15,000 years ago 15,000 years ago after the Daglin whatever disappeared like do you see the connections people I will say I was a little annoyed with the inner court I guess because as the reader we know everything and it's like motherfuckers get on the same page y'all are allies and probably related like hurry up hurry up get to the good stuff what was what was so telling to me in reading this is Amryn's reaction to all of this. Because remember, she's very mm-hmm. old. She has seen it all. And so when – as 
Hilda just mentioned, as Bryce is saying, oh, the star sword, like that's a family heirloom. It was been in my family for years and it was brought here, wielded by my ancestor, Queen Thea or Prince Peleus, depending on whose propaganda you're being spun. And Amarin stiffens slightly and even Bryce catches it and she's like, you knew them? And so for Amarin to know who she's referencing, that's saying a lot because then this is to me, this is giving timeline questions of is it actually a t- like a linear timeline or are we still talking about different worlds like multiverse happening at the same time so this is- i think it's the same timeline but it's different parallel universes so everything's happening like 15 years ago was the same event in both worlds you know right because 15,000 years ago Amrin tells her they dwelled here. Like, they were here. Right. And then Bryce is like, that's it. That explains where the Midgard Fae came from. They so followed that leads them over. Me, correct. So that leads me to believe it's just the reason why it seems so different is because they're in the different worlds and technology advances at different ways and customs and cultures and stuff like that in the way it just progressed. So I think Midgard has a lot more advanced technology and seems more like an urban fantasy versus Akatar because of that. Right. So another thing confirmed is we know that the Midgard Fae did come from Prithian. And Amran confirms this when she says, but when I came out, there were rumors of a great number of people had vanished as if they had ever been. Some say to another world. Others say they moved to distant lands. Still others say they've been chosen by the cauldron and spitted, spirited away elsewhere. Spitted. <laughs> the cauldron just spitting people out random places. Spirited. I'm sorry. I don't know. The cauldron did spit out. <laughs> Um, what's her face? <laughs> Elaine and it's true. Nesta it's not out, out of the realm of what the cauldron's doing these days. Um, but God, Amber is such a sassy girl. God, I loved her. Like Bryce is like, hold the phone. So that's confirmed. My family, like my fae line, did come from from here. And Amber's like, we can hear your hear your myths later, girl. Like we just want to know how you got here. I'm like Amber, this is the juice of what we're trying to get out here. This is what you need to know. Don't worry about how she got here. We need to know how your people got there. <sighs> So we did get those confirmed. Those theories that we had read earlier, I think we're all thinking it. Are the Daglin and the Siri the same? Yes, they are. Now, we don't know too much more than that because, again, we only got one chapter to go on. But that's what we got. Also. Oh, oh, when she popped the little pill to allow her to be able to speak their language, her, what is it? What's on her back? The key? The horn. Oh, so the horn. her back is the Lord... The Lorn of Huna. The Horn of Luna. I was like, that's not it. <laughs> Ground up. But then Amran says, oh, that writing, it's from the Book of Breathings. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I guess when she took the pill, she fell over on the floor and her back started glowing and they saw the writing through her shirt or something like that. Hello. Right. The Book of and Breathings. And then Az turns around and he's like, tell us everything or die or something like that. Um. So we're get, like we're getting into it pretty early, I guess. In all fairness, but we're just not getting there fast enough. Actually, we're just did, we didn't get enough. We should have gotten chapter two too. I feel like I she should have just dropped prologue one through four. Give people a little bit more. And you're right. As does end up explain or you die. But I'm also like, do you want to give her this little like bean pill to make this whole conversation earlier in the beginning? You know, like a little voice box translator. That's what I'm assuming. Like, where did also, the bean pill come from? I think that right. would have caused more issues because then they would have saw the writing in her back 
initially and you know things would have gotten crazy cray cray but that brings more questions how did danica know that danica language danica. was from the book of breathings um clearly it exists in her world I think we even mentioned that it was maybe on a shelf. And I'm sorry if I'm confusing this with another book, but there was another book that was on Jessica's shelf. Mm-hmm. I thought it was the Book of Breathings, but maybe I'm. I thought it was the Book of Breathings and the the book was it the Undead or something? The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead. Yes, because we're thinking that's a TV show, but yes. Yep. So this is what we know. Now they're really now their heckles are raised and they're like explain everything you know, and then in true SJM fashion, it's like more to come. Here's a countdown clock, and I'm like, ah, I want to know the answers. So, you know, of course, there's lots of good good avenues for our brains to start theorizing off of this. But you know, one of the burning questions I had is, I'm like, how far off are these languages? Is this like? Spanish and Italian, like we're close, or is this like that was Spanish and Arabic? Like, I want to just know how they're hearing each other. That was the burning question in your head. <laughs> that was my burning question because they kept talking about how like they couldn't hear, and someone's got to translate this. I'm like, but what do the languages sound like? I just want to know, like, what's the difference? Wow. In my head, I was like, I wonder how much longer until she returns to Midgard. Oh, I wonder if who's going to die next. <laughs> I mean, yes, those are also floating there. But I also was like, how I did? I don't know. I just want to know. You know, it's like when they capture a bad guy and they speak a different language, but someone's like, I know what they're saying. And then suddenly they're all conversing the same language. I mean, it's basically what happened. Anyway, I'll leave you with that uh, undeep thought that I had. So are we excited? What are we feeling, people? I, since I am already sick, I guess I can go to work tomorrow. And then just call out sick on Tuesday. It's possible. You know what our question should be for this one? Our Spotify question of the week. Are you sick <clears throat> or using a vacation day? Or are you going on vacation to read this book? Anyone know how many people plan that? I don't you know. know. Somebody want to come watch my kids so I can read this book undisturbed? <laughs> Benadryl? Sadly, okay. those um, practices are outdated. Hold frowned on. upon they now, frowned upon. God. This is we get them like a bucket of like I've done this with the girls like dirt or I'm throwing them in the bath. I'm like, you know what? Daytime bath time. <laughs> like we're, oh, we're we do daytime bath time every single day. It's just him and I home alone because like yeah. a couple of days we have to take them to and from like appointments. So when it's just at home day, bath, lunch, bed, done. Kills yeah. three hours right there. Yeah, just put some like food coloring in there in the water so it's all kind of funky oh you know maybe a little bubbles or some shaving cream for him to play with and you're like i'm just gonna sit here yeah we did the bubbles it doesn't stain the skin if you do food coloring yeah i said that that's like a drop or two or like you know little little fizzy bath things bath bombs yeah they have these little color tablets they're like the things you put in like your easter eggs to dye them but they're for the kids bath i didn't know they did oh amazon this to your house immediately bridget Oh, see, the bath is right next to the shower, so I just, like, when he's getting fussy, I just pop him out of the bath and put him in the shower, and then he has a new world to play in. Oh, I've done that with the girls, too. I'm like, shower And then they go back. Yep. Bath time babysitters. Um, So, yeah, I want to know how many people have planned vacations. When we talked to Sarah from Rosebud Mode, she has a whole – she had a whole group of rented a house, which sounds lovely. Um, And I would love to do that with all of you. I was going to say, that's a flex that we should do one day. Yeah, maybe for the next 
the next SJM book. Count your vacation time now, ladies. It's going to go on the calendar. Sign me up. I'm just very excited for this book. And we just had to jump on early to share our thoughts and feels with you guys. Now I'm kind of mad that I read the prologue in chapter one now because now I have to wait until Tuesday, like midday to start it because I have doctor's appointments to take the kids to. You're not going to wake up at 12.01 and then read until like five in the morning and then take a quick power nap. That's what Hilda's going to do. (laughs) I feel like my days of waking up at midnight to read a book is over. That's valid. That's fair. it's, It's gotten tougher. I feel like my body just takes so much longer now to recover from like a let's just wake up for no reason. I think like the past four years of being sleep deprived from like kids, having kids and going through all the sleep regressions. I need it all. My body's just been like eight o'clock. Boom, girl, you out. Wake up six o'clock. Oh, fuck. How is it a new day already? Well, we're glad to keep you up your past your bedtime for today. I do things for the podcast. That's my sacrifice. (laughs) All right. So we'll- leave you guys with that for our very early thoughts and feelings and now let's get into uh some list of shout outs i have loved seeing everyone re-listening to the episodes engaging with us through all our dms and messages and everyone's going back into it again as we do our final preparations for this last book drop because again you gotta remember you gotta remember what happened so we're able to pick back up no problem and so one of the questions that came back up, although I didn't really die, I'm not sure, but the age-old question of how do you pronounce Danica? Is it the traditional way, Danica, or are you doing the uh, the Bridget way? We'll just call it that, <laughs> the Bridget way. Danica. Danica. Or Danica. did you come up with a third option, Donica? I do like the way Donica sounds, to be honest. It does sound great. And before I head into sh- – the list of shoutouts again. I just want to issue a spoiler warning for all the books that we are covering in this list of shoutouts. It is mostly Crescent City, um, with some ruthless boys of the zodiac. Or not ruthless boys. Yeah, ruthless boys of the zodiac. So the sub, not sub, but like sister series, the Zodiac Academy. So if you haven't read that, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but just be warned. Those are the ones. So again, we're back to the age old question: Janica versus Danica. We had a lot. We had a Danica, Bridget, that's one for you. Then we had a Danica. So that's from Poppy K and Hey Hey's 325. Then from Danielle Smith, we have a Danica. And from Goofy Yowler, Danica, like Danica Patrick, who I think is our only Danica we know in real life. Source of reference. Oh, I knew a Danica in college. I didn't like her. I think Bridget knew a Danica. So this is this is where we are where we are. Uh, also from someone whose name did not publish, they just simply wrote Danica. I like how everyone like f- did the phonetic spelling of how they're telling it to us. And she was just like, no, dum-dums, it's Danica. <laughs> I'm like, it's up for interpretation. I'm just saying. That's how we got into this this mess in the first place. Um, so someone with just, just a star, if you're a star, your note has been logged. Now, this is where we get into the spoilers for Ruthless Boys. So the question was, did you win it, finish reading Beyond the Veil? Again, this is Zodiac Academy. And if yes, how did you feel about it? Now, this person did call us out a wee bit, but she still loves us, so I appreciate that. Uh, Kalu said, nothing to do with this, but at 16.27, it just spoiled what happened in Ruthless Boys for me with the Elysian Mates. I'm still on Broken Faye. Love you guys, though. That's my son's pick, by the way. It's a cute pick. So thank you for sharing that. And Sorry, thank you for we letting us know. That. We're trying to do better and make sure we do not spoil up or spoil down. 
as in spoil ahead for a series or spoil behind for a series of a prologue perhaps you haven't read yet. So thank you for calling, for letting us know. We'll do our best and we still love you just like you still love us. Thank you. If you're still with us in the Crescent City, three predictions. This should not come as a surprise. But do you think you'll recover from Lily's death? And Hey Hey's 325 simply said, no. Nope. Never. I will not. I still get sad when I see fan heart. I just saw a good one of them in the library the other day. Lily's there. Mm. You know what's really funny? Um, on my drive up, my 10-hour drive, I listened to our Akatar and Crescent City recaps. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just felt like we were just talking about Lily and her passing. And I was like, we were just talking about Lily. I'm like, wait, no, we weren't. I was listening to an old episode of us because I also needed to get my recap. Of course. Before Tuesday. Best way to do it. Someone said we were the spark notes of, you know. I saw that on Instagram. Our podcast is like spark notes. And I was so excited. I was like, oh, you get us. You're welcome. And also, thank you for saying that, that I feel validated. I love that you were like happy to serve. Happy to serve. Um, next question comes from our episode with a court of silver flames. And the question was, are you also angry at Reese for not telling Feyre about how dangerous, again, spoiler, 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 how dangerous her pregnancy was? Savannah Dixie said, very. I dislike Reese. Dislike. We'll continue. I dislike Reese. He gets very violent towards Nessa, despite the fact that Feyre deserves to know. Why did they try to have a child without discussing the risks? How much autonomy does Feyre really have? Oh, Savannah, you're asking good questions. I just don't know if I'm prepared to hear the answers to this. Um, Claudia, our friend Claudia has been in our DMs a lot. We've been talking about Reese and she's kind of, we had this whole conversation like today about, about just how like, well, actually Reese, Reese was a lot more appealing when he was actually the villain. My observation is like, he's just kind of like a simp for Farrah now. <sighs> I don't know. Which He's turns not- out to be happening to all of our favorite men, because the same thing happened to Castile from from Blood and Ash, where he we loved him and then he went and became I don't, that. I don't know if it's happened to Lance and Darius yet. Mm, just a saying. little bit for Lance. I'm gonna mm, say a little bit. A little bit for, bit for Darius. I don't know. I don't know. Let's let's see what happens in book. Oh gosh, is I don't, it book nine? I don't want to look at it through this lens, but I I see it. I feel that Reese has graduated to first love. I will always love him, but he is no longer, or I mean, he hasn't been for a while. My ideal man. Ah, oh, I agree with that. He fell off the white shoes because of his actions. Wait, did he fall off your white shoes again? Because you had to put him back on. The first time. And then I reread the series and I, you know, was like, I will always love my first love and he will always be an option. But then you bring up very good facts like these and I'm like. I know. Hmm. Like, I got to look back at, like, take off my rose colored glasses. And then I'm like, well, dang, that is, that is right. These are truths. Truths I loved we have him. to see. Love is blind when- and horny. <laughs> <laughs> we loved him when we didn't know any better. And we were young and stupid. I think I still love him. It's okay. You can still be young and stupid. Okay. Okay. Um, the next question is from our Unhinged Akatar Theories episode. What is your favorite Massiverse theory? 
Cerulea answered, I saw this one theory that Az and Moore might have been mates all this while, but Moore wasn't ready for it. But they always felt a tinge of pull toward each other, and that's why she didn't reject Bond. Okay. I mean, potentially. I I don't think – I personally don't think that they're mates. I always thought they were. I mean, there's – I mean, he definitely loves – feels for her in some kind of way that she does not return. I mean, obviously, because she's not into – she likes the ladies. I feel like we just we really don't know enough about Az. And like him him pining after more has always felt weird. And I don't know. I think that I I want the Az book just so we can unravel the Az mysteries Mystery. because we've ascribed so many like traits to him and all of these things just from like we're we're making stuff up. We're making up our I own backstories. Oh, 100%. I heard Biggest Wingspan and I was like, girl, sign me up. Um, And then also, I think he appeals to those like morally gray, dark romance girlies. I'm not even going to say morally gray. Those dark romance girlies because those guys are not, I say, not morally gray. They are just dark. Not right. 100%. Like, Zaid, I will let you literally hunt me down and, you know... It's going to be a good time. We'll see. You can stalk me. But again, dark romance is not for everybody. We don't kink shame here. No. And you know what? I just – just in this thought and rereading it and hearing what you guys said, like when – maybe he doesn't love her, but maybe he's trying to make up for something she did for him. Like maybe she did something to help him in some way and she – he's like, I'll never be able to make it up for her. And that's why he's always looking at her. I think he grew up in such a way where he didn't have anybody because he was abused as a kid. Mm -hmm. So he latches on to people who show him kindness and Mm. he might have assumed something that she did for for him came off as an act of love versus an act of kindness and he fixated on that and he became a little bit obsessive. And no matter what he did throughout the years, she always... She never fully said no, but she did other things like sleep around and, you know, sleep sleep with Cassian Cassian and stuff like that to give him the hint. But she couldn't bring herself to say, no, I don't want to be with you. So that just led him on to be pining more and more for her over the years. I know he can go either way for me. There's more meat on that bone. And I want to get to that bone. And I was fine with it up until he like regifted the gifts for her. Because remember, he went from being obsessive over Moore to being obsessive over Elaine. And then when Reese was like, hey, no, that's a line you cannot cross because that's my sister-in-law. He like just went pivot. Oh, new obsession. He's not obsessing yeah. over her yet. But it was like, that was a move I did not like. Yeah. Well, look. Let's see what happens with that. Did it? Is it confirmed that the next book is going to be an as book? No. I don't think it hasn't so. been I think confirmed, it's just right? Thinking. Oh, okay. In the next book, they said is in the Akatar world versus the Crescent mm-hmm. City world. That's all. That's all I know that we know confirmed. I think so. Okay. The next question comes to us from Gold. Sorry, I did not catch that one in my upfront spoiler. So if you haven't read Gold, skip ahead thirty seconds. But the question is, we like to say, fuck that guy, when the villain is a man. What should we say when the villain is a woman, like Kayla? Uh, Bridget had coined, fuck that heifer. <laughs> she did. But what, what do you guys say? <laughs> uh, 
Paige answered and said, I enjoyed reading Gold, but I'm excited for the series to finish. I was sad when she extended it to a sixth book. You know, we're always sad when something gets extended. We're just really looking for some closure when we get into these books that are over three. So, you know, no answer on on what are we saying? What's the, what's the fuck that guy version of the fuck this heffa version, you know? So we're going to need some more information <laughs> from everyone. All right, guys. Because like, because oh, go ahead, go ahead, Hilda. You take us home. You tell us what's on your thoughts and feelings Sorry. on this one. The equivalent, the equivalent would be like, "Fuck that gal," right? It gal. doesn't have the same. <laughs> yeah, gal. guy, gal. Yeah, I get it. You know, so it doesn't have the same. You can't be like, "Fuck, fuck that she." No, that's not grammatically correct. I guess, "Fuck her." You could say it angrily, but it just. I don't know. It feels like the type of phrase that needs three words, and I don't know what I those words should be. If something was very close to being equivalent, it would be how we say it. Yeah, fuck that guy. A term that's used like that would be that bitch. That bitch. Oh, that, that bitch. That's good. Okay. I retract my three word statement. That bitch. Sounds like it works very well. I don't know. I still bitch. think fuck that was hilarious. That's a good one. That is a good one. All right, guys. Well, that is our early, very early, considering we only have two, one chapter and a prologue to go off of. But our early thoughts and feels that we just want to drop in and uh, connect with y'all and see if you have read and are you dabbling? Like, what are your thoughts and feelings? So, you know what we're reading next. I'm pretty sure I don't have to tell you, but we are covering, of course, Crescent City next, um, House of Flame and Shadow which we're very, very excited for. And we'll probably breaking that one up into at least three parts, I think we said, because there'll be a yeah, lot for us. For crying out loud, two chapters or a prologue and chapter one took us an hour to get through. <laughs> That's just us being like, we have time to chatty, chat, chat. So I want to say that going back to our previous conversation about how we tried to do Throne of Glass in one episode was very ambitious. This is the reason why. Delulu. I did Caitlin so said. much no prepping for that. And then I'm like, this is, we got to call it. We can't do, I can't do it. We can't do it. It was a noble effort from everyone. Yeah. So I, I've got, there's a, we'll put that in the Patreon. <laughs> so you can see Caitlin's redacted notes on when we tried to cover uh, seven books in one episode. And we can't even do one. <laughs> one episode sometimes. So. Tough look for us, but we got you this one instead, so you're welcome. All right, guys, from us tonight, we're out, but happy reading, and we can't wait to hear from you guys. Spoiler free, of course, because you don't know where we're going to be in the book, and we'll try to keep it spoiler free for you, friends. So good night, and happy reading. Bye. Bye. Bye.